Wilson still tries it. And in she goes. The crowd is really being treated to some thrilling shots again tonight. This is the Sixers History Podcast. Out to Doctor, he's got a crack at it. Three-pointer, he got it! Hosted by Pro Hoops History's Curtis Harris. Now, slide back into time, Sixers style, with today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to a special, I guess, mini-series of Sixers History Podcast in honor of Moses Malone's Jersey retirement coming up this Friday, February 8th. Uh, So we've decided to take a look back on the career of Moses Malone through the perspective of four different people who got to see him at different points uh, of his career. And uh, this first one, I think, is probably the most interesting uh, angle, perspective on Moses. This is Wally Jones, who played for seven years with the 76ers, including on the 1967 title team. But his recollections on Moses actually go to the ABA because uh, in the 1974-75 season, Moses Malone joined the Utah Stars uh, right out of high school as a rookie. And that just so happened to be uh, the one season that Wally Jones played in the ABA with the Utah Stars. So a really good conversation with Wally about Moses. I hope you all enjoy it. Here it goes. At the time that I had played um, those 10 years in the NBA, I was really retired, and at 33 years old, I was in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. I had retired doing Concerned Athletes in Action program there, and my agent, Richie Phillips, called me up and said, do you want to play? Uh, I want to try out for the uh, Utah Stars because uh, there were teams like uh, the Conquistadors that Will Chamberlain wanted me to go there. Uh, the Buffalo Braves with Jack Ramsey wanted me to go up there, but I selected Utah uh, because of my experience with other centers. They wanted me to help mentor Moses. Uh, they wanted me to help Dow Dawkins uh, when he also was in the Sixers, but I only came at the last 30 games of 76, so mm-hmm. he had someone else, George McGinnis. So we had a tremendous team that year, even uh, Kobe Bryant's father played on that 76 team. So most of the, the, the my attorney approached the Utah Sarge with that I could help mentor him because of my experience with some of the greatest centers ever. I'm the only basketball player to play with that many Hall of Fame great centers. And you talk about Bellamy, Wilt, Kareem. You talk about Bob Lanier. Uh, these are some of the greatest centers ever. So a lot of the times I have our experience was we didn't, have an apartment, anything in the hotel. So I was close to him. My other teammates, uh, uh, also General Govan, who played with the Utah Stars, we stayed in a hotel. So I was very close to him because one of the things you do, instead of uh, having a room next to mine where I could actually look out for him, and of course we thought it'd be a, a, a rather uh, rather difficult experience going to a city like Utah and uh, there weren't that many African-Americans there. I think the first three weeks that I was there, I only saw one African-American. Uh, we we worked a lot with the Ute Indians, but there's a small population of African-Americans. So for him to adjust uh, socially, there was no social life. I think people don't make aware of what's happening for not only young men leaving home at such an age, young age, they had to adjust socionom- uh, so- socially and of course, when you talk about the area itself, a cold place where he comes from, St. Petersburg. So, 
But he came with an attitude that he would break. Uh, he didn't speak a lot. And uh, I think one of the things that people uh, bothered me about, they call him mumbles when he talked very low yeah. and didn't talk that much. And I didn't appreciate them doing that because we would talk in conversations together. But he was one that he seemed to be shy to talk out. Uh, but uh, he had a mind of his own. He uh, he knew what he wanted to accomplish. He said, I'm going to lead the, the, the ABA or pro ball in offensive boards and boards. Now, at a 19-year-old, uh, some of the great players left Utah, uh, Zell Moiti, uh Willie Wise. So we were left with uh, a shell of a team with uh, Ron Boone being our leader, Al Smith, I could name Gerald Govan as a veteran. But uh, I was brought in to not only mentor, but also to support that backcourt that, that we had because Moses Malone led us to the playoffs. I have to tell people they're not aware of a high school kid being that dominant, the way he could get up for a rebound and then go back up for it or miss a shot and go get it again. They used to say he was padding his boards because he would get offensive rebounds and miss and get another rebound. But he had the tenacity and the intelligence, and you have to say this about uh, any ball players coming out of high school to understand that the playbooks are very complex. Uh, there are things that you have to memorize, and uh, one of the things as a point guard for all those years, it's very important for them to understand the execution of plays. So he was very good at understanding and comprehending. So I didn't like that uh, stereotypical thing that uh, some athletes, uh, dumb athletes, uh, uh, dumb athletes, you know, brawn and no brains. I, I use that because when I grew up, that's what they told me in the 60s, uh, brawn and no brains. But he uh, surpassed everything that I could ever think of, a high school ball player playing football in the ABA. Uh, were there any particular uh, points or uh, emphasis you want to have with Moses when it came to basketball uh, playing on the court? Well, the main thing is to make himself available. Since I played with all those great centers, and they were some dominant centers that were on the low post, and one of the things that we worked on was not only his, he had that ability to, it's called foot, uh, the way he had the ability. His feet were very quick. He could spin. He could jump. He could go up and down so quick. Uh, one of the things that we worked on was a short distance jumper, uh, not 15, 18, we're talking about right there on the side or in front of the basket. Mm -hmm. And we worked on that all the time in practice because as a high school player, he was so dominant on the boards. I know that Lefty Giselle talked about how much he recruited him and thought he'd have something there in Maryland, but unfortunately uh, he left. But uh, I know Lefty real well, so we talked about that, what he scouted him for. He had the ability to be tenacity to rebound and go back, but he also had the uh, foot movements, the way you could spin, the way you could move, uh, he, he really was uh, already a, a quite well experienced on low post moves. I just worked on him on little short jumpers uh, and hook shots. So that's the only thing. And about being a pro, you know, about being on time. And he worked hard in practice, uh, being on time, uh, and also make sure for flights and everything. It wasn't that I was someone to guide. I was there to guide him, but to be with him. And I just said, let's be on time. Let's make sure they never have anything to say to you about uh, your um, your ability to be a professional. All right. And uh, I guess just to uh, give a final word here, 
anything you just like to say about Moses Malone, the person, what you enjoyed about him, what you liked about him, that you'd like the listeners uh, to know about? Yeah, I think one thing for our listeners to understand, uh, he's an activist. Uh, I do a lot of work enriching with uh, correctional facilities, Hanover Corrections, and uh, I'd always see him down. I'd do clinics for Parks and Rec, enriching in the Housing Authority because I lived in Norfolk. I lived in Norfolk, Virginia at the time. Even though I played for Utah, I kept my home in Virginia Beach. And one of the things that said say about him as a leader, not only on the court, but also with the retired players chapter in Houston. Uh, he was the type of player like Wilt was. Um, if they're going to have me come to an event, let's bring my other, my other uh, retired players to be also compensated. He always looked out for everybody. It wasn't about Moses. Uh, there's so many egotistical and guys that are selfish, uh, and I could say that about Wilt and Kareem. These guys were generous people who did not look out just for themselves. As a star in Houston, as everyone knows with the Rockets, even though he won championships with the Sixers, people love him in Houston. And um, what he done for that chapter is well missed. Robert Reed, Ollie Johnson, Major Jones, uh, Johnny Egan. I could name so many retired players who respect him as a man. And I think that's the biggest thing about pro sports. Even just an athlete, he was a humanitarian. You've been listening to the Sixers History Podcast with Pro Hoops History's Curtis Harris. Be sure to follow Curtis's Sixers History accounts on Instagram and Twitter at at Sixers History and stay tuned for future episodes.